we're doing something a little different um, and this will probably be the case for a while as we work out the kinks and figure out our flow. So usually we record on Sundays and upload on Wednesdays and we gave ourselves a couple of days in between recording and posting or rather uploading because we weren't sure how long it would take to edit and all this other stuff. And now that we've been doing it for the past month, we realized how it does not take three days to edit and upload. So we're gonna um, move things over a little bit and we will be posting on Fridays for the time being. So yeah, that's our little update. And so we're gonna just do our little chit chat before we get into the, the main topic today, which is about black hair. We've wanted to do this, uh, this topic for a while, but I wanted to wait until I got my hair done. And now that my hair is <laughs> done, despite me having mixed feelings about it, here we are, we're gonna talk about black hair. But first, I wanna discuss September. I know our last episode, or maybe the episode before that, we were talking about our hiatus, our unplanned hiatus, and what we've been up to since then. But I just want to talk about not just how our September has been, but really what is in the water. Because the amount of cheating scandals that I have seen this month is out of this world. Oh my god. There was, okay, that on the Bean one, the NBA basketball player with Nia Long, um i didn't see that one you didn't see the you didn't see the Nia long one no oh my god I that's the main that. one that is the main one um i can't oh my god i can't um remember the guy's name um i know it's like an african name which is probably why i can't remember it um is he cheating with her now with the long now no he's not cheating with her he cheated on her oh oh my gosh um so yeah he was suspended and Oh, damn. There was another one. I cannot think of the third one. But there was a fourth one this week. Mm. And I don't know. Do you remember BuzzFeed? Were you like into BuzzFeed around college? Time? I was. Yeah, okay. I actually wanted to work for BuzzFeed for so many years. Right. So BuzzFeed was part of my coming of age. And you know how they created the Try Guys and the, the Try Guys. And oh, my God. I saw that. Oh, my God. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, they please ask right at the fucking group. They said, um, what was that? Bye. I said, oh, Swift. We so, like the same day shipping. <laughs> So for those who don't know, um, either because you haven't seen it, you're too old or you're too young, with the Try Guys, it is this comedy quartet that originated out of BuzzFeed and that quartet ended up buying the rights or something so that they can produce their own content under that name. And one of the guys, it came out earlier this week, uh, cheated on his wife and that's, you know, that's not a cool thing to do. That's scandal regardless. But what made it even more unbelievable is because the guy's whole thing on in the quartet is how much he loves being a husband and how much he loves his wife and how much he loves being a family man. And so it's like of all the people who oh, I would like think would be in that kind of scandal, I wouldn't necessarily think Ned because... He's literally made it his aesthetic that he loves his wife. Wow. It was a thing like, in, at least in the earlier videos, that 
Ned could not go a, a video without mentioning his wife. And so, you know, it's like endearing and everything, everything. Wow. You know, like, um, guys are always associated with this notion of marriage sucks and everything. So it was, it was endearing. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. Sometimes I think my life is bad, but at least I'm not a cheater. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I hope we don't carry this energy into October. I want us to enjoy spooky season. Um, a lot of y'all was out here having hot girl, hot boy summers, and y'all was not keeping it cute. So the season is changing and y'all are getting <laughs> caught the fuck up. So y'all be safe out there. Mm. Um, anyway, since our second to last episode which i guess was mid september ish how is the end of september been for you for those who probably don't know we're recording on the 30th 30th so this is the last day of september september let me start with saying so chris was kind of saying um with about the editing chris is the editor i'm just let you know it is it is no we chris she Chris, like, two years younger than me, maybe, a year and a half. I feel old as hell. Like, Chris will be on an Excel spreadsheet in a second. It's even Mandarin. I'll be looking over her shoulder like, oh, um, when she's, like, editing the video, she's like, you drag this here, you drop this here. I don't know if it's because I have a PC. The way I downloaded our editing software and my computer now moves at actually 0.1 mile per hour, <laughs> like, not one software taking my whole PC down. So, listen, uh, Give my girl her flowers. It's not even we. It is very much Christina. Thank yeah. You. Um, so I had to say that. September for me has been a bit of a roller coaster, honestly. Um, both on like a personal, like emotional level. Um, there's been a lot of, so I go to therapy basically weekly. And it's been a lot of like deep diving. It's been a lot of like, Child crying, throwing up, even in like my free time, <laughs> sliding out, sliding down the wall. <laughs> like I was journaling earlier. Um, again, I know we both in North Carolina, so we're kind of getting like downwind of like the storm. So it's been like a gloomy, doomy day. Um, so I was working on a homework assignment that my therapist gave me. So I'm journaling. Yeah, I was crying my face off. I said, let me go put some clothes in the dryer. <laughs> You know when you cry too hard and you gotta do something else. You know what? Let me close this. <laughs> Let me go clean my bathroom or something. Like Let me I gotta organize the fridge. Right, right. Very much. Let me go walk my goldfish. Like there's too much emotions and feelings. Like my face is all quivering. I said not a quivery face. Ooh. Um. So it's just been like a bit of a whirlwind as far as navigating some emotional stuff. Um. Navigating some physical health stuff, y'all. The kid is getting early osteoporosis. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I don't know what else to call it. The way I will wake up <laughs> and feel like I was hit by an actual, like, tractor trailer. I'm like, hello? Like, child, my wrists, my hands, my fingers, my ankles, my feet. And I thought maybe I lay on my stomach a lot. So, obviously, if I'm on my stomach... The front of my foot is like flat, right? Like, you know, when you lay your stomach the way your feet are. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, let me prop my feet up. Maybe like it's too much weight on my feet, even though I'm laying down, you know, whatever. I have been experimenting with everything, y'all. Um, I do uh, like a good bit of prenatal massage. 
I tried to like lay and like bolster myself with pillows. Like I didn't try everything. Um, I don't know if the kid got early arthritis. I'm just like, bro, like it's in your hands, Lord. Like it's in your hands because I just don't understand. Like I was in the tub in an Epsom salt bath yesterday. Um, I was like on the internet. Like <laughs> Chris and I have talked about this before, but you ever run to the internet like <laughs> like they're professionals and what cracks me up with myself is I write help after or <laughs> like I'll be like hands hurting overnight help reddit <laughs> like, go, call your doctor like why you want the help the urgency in it the desperation like but you won't pick up that phone though you won't go to urgent care like no I'm gonna ask reddit I'm gonna ask queen latifah 443 and she gonna clue me in, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the OPs that <laughs> it, it's not even for original poster. It, it's it's for OG professional because they gonna lead you where you need to go. They gonna be like, oh, I had this issue as well. Use some magnesium oil. Like my doctor would never. Right. Okay, she gonna write me a ten dollar prescription, and I'm still gonna have my issue. Period. I hope you're not watching this, doc. But anyway, <laughs> y'all. It's, it's just really been a transitional month for me. Um, like I said, emotionally, physically, um, I'm starting to, I kind of mentioned this, I think, in our last episode. I'm starting to feel the urgency of, like, the years wrapping up. So um, I got to see if I hit, like, my major goals. One of my goals was actually start a podcast. So hello. Um, we're here. But also another goal I had was to pay off my credit card. Um, and because I had, I picked up, you know, additional jobs, I've been really trying to, like, do the math and be like, will I be able to pay this off by the end of the year? If I don't, it's not the end of the world. I'm still making strides. Let's not do all or nothing thinking. Right. That's for you, Ashley. Yeah. It's my therapist name, y'all. But anyway, um, yeah, so I've really just been trying to navigate those things. Y'all know spooky season is next month, and I've been trying to figure out my costume, y'all. I was going to be Tinkerbell. And the costume ain't fit, even though the reviews made me feel like it was going to fit. It was a photo in the review. She was a little thickums. I said, okay, it's promising. Baby, I should have known it wasn't going to fit when I unzipped it and still had to pull it over my head because it wouldn't come up over my head. But I'm like, what is the way, right? So I'm trying. I'm like, Chanel, you're going to rip this actual costume. Like, take it off. <laughs> um, so I did. And... I went to go see, I got a large. I'm like, let me see if they have an extra large. Normally, normal things, I'm an extra large. They didn't. It went from large to 2X. When I tell y'all, Chris will, Chris will back me up. When I tell y'all the 2XL was a completely different costume, I said, oh, oh, it's giving role play. It's giving great value, uh, Tinkerbell. It's awful. I said, um, um, this is not Wink Saga uh, Fairy. I want it to very much be um, cute. Cute, flirty fairy. This is like when you're very uh, uh, obese person tries to like put something on and be like, oh, like this is sexy, I'm giving. I said, y'all shouldn't have even made this costume. And don't try to come and be like, Chanel, you fat phobic. Chanel is like a good 220, 230. She isn't. But I'm sick of companies trying to make the plus. Once a company adds an X to a size, the way they flip the script, I said, oh, um, Hello? Why think about got three straps? She's supposed to be cute and dainty. Let me be cute and dainty at 220. It's okay. So, y'all, 
my black ass returned it. I had some cute little sequin sparkly stockings. I had to return it, and I got an astronaut fit. It's giving very much janitor, very much prison. I said, oh, God. Wait, I, she can't win. You're going as an astronaut now? I, uh, the Tinkerbell wasn't doing it. I was, like, looking up, like, cute, like, plus-size costumes, and I saw those little astronauts, and I said, okay, this might be cute. Girl, I tried it on today this morning. I said, um, it's, it's giving very much holes. <laughs> yeah. It's giving, um, hallway janitor. It got a couple straps on it. I might need, like, a helmet or something. I'm just like, mm. And I'm always cold. So as much as I love the idea of a cute, flirty fit, if I'm outside and I'm cold, I'm going to be mad. Like, I can't even enjoy myself when I'm cold. So I probably, it's probably best I stay in my astronaut fit so I'm warm. But, child, y'all know Halloween, it be skin out. They're going to be like, oh, this bitch is wearing an actual garbage bag. We going to see, y'all. <laughs> we going to see. The kid going to see. But that has been my September. Okay. Isn't there a song by Daughtry called September? You remember Daughtry from American Idol? No. Maybe not. He was bald-headed. He's a white dude. Mm, I, I just think he was kind of cute. The people I think, this guy, y'all, this is a different episode that I'm about to a tangent. I used to think Jamie Foxx was cute. I used to think um, the guy from My Wife and Kids, Damon, Damon, Wayans. I used to think the bald guy was cute. I used to think um, Daughtry was cute. Like, I, are you trying? I can't do bald men of any fashion. I, it it gives me the actual ick. <laughs> um, for me, September has been very interesting. I feel like it's been very long. But overall, I would say there has been quite a bit of progress. This is the longest I've stayed in the city that I'm paying to live in since moving here. And it has not been the worst thing in the world. I'm trying to think what else. I I feel like I've really just been chilling. This past week has been interesting. So I am sort of a dumpster diver, y'all. More of like a serendipitous dumpster diver instead of an intentional one. I won't go to a recycling bin or an actual trash bin to find stuff. <laughs> but when I am in those areas, quite a few times I have scoped out some very interesting finds and I've kept them. One of those being a brand new Ikea desk and I kept it even though it only had two legs and it needed four. I was and just gonna bring that up. When I met Chris, y'all, when I moved to her apartment, I didn't even realize the desk had two legs. She had like propped up like on her windowsill it was a look. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I, I would say that was probably my best find to date until last weekend. Here I am. I'm cleaning. And that's something that's happened this month that I'm actually very proud of. I've cleaned like three or four times this month, which is probably not a lot for the regular adult. But y'all don't understand how much I hate cleaning and upkeep. So I'll clean and then it will be a mess by the next week and then I'll clean again. At least that's how it's been. And so anyway, last weekend I was cleaning, especially because my friend was coming over to stay for a couple of days. And so I had to take out extra recycling and extra trash. So that's why I was downstairs. 
So here I am on my little wagon. I have a wagon, y'all, so I can carry my groceries from the parking garage to the opposite end of the apartment where I live. So <laughs> I have my little I have my little wagon of recyclables and I go down. And my natural disposition, I feel like, is anxiety. Whether it's I'm happy. I'm looking forward to something or I'm scared or something surprises me. I just immediately go into shock. And that's what happened when I saw these couches. I I don't even know how to describe it. It really felt like I saw God where I was just <laughs> stopped dead in my tracks. I was like, <gasps> you, you know, like if you maybe no one else does this, but if I see like a large um, bill on the ground, I'll just stop and stare at it instead of immediately picking up because I'm just like, I'm going to get in trouble for something. I know something bad is about to happen. <laughs> so I'm immediately very distrusting. But anyway, I saw these two chairs and one I'm sitting in right now for those who are on the visual, visual podcast. For those who are just listening to the audio, this couch or this chair that I'm sitting in is a lighter blue velvet couch I guess I don't know what material this is and I also got or found a recliner which is actually what my laptop is propped up on right now and I've broken it in got a couple of naps in and honestly y'all I will die in these chairs I'm never <laughs> away. please oh my god it was the best thing ever um, <laughs> But yeah, so I found some cool chairs and I've been reorganizing my books and in reorganizing my books, I have completely butchered my apartment again. So I have to figure out how to unbutcher it. Um, and I finally went apple picking after many years of trying to go apple picking. It was pretty cool. Went with a friend and they were out of apple cider donuts which made me feel like they should have just closed the fucking establishment down because, of course, I want apple cider donuts at an apple farm in the cold. Right. But anyway, that's how this September has been for me. Pretty chill. Nothing too crazy. I feel like compared to the past couple of months, it's actually been good. Um, so, yeah. And before we move on, y'all, because since we're going to start doing this on Fridays now, <laughs> we are going to discuss the crumble cookies of the week. Oh Have you looked God. at them yet? Have you looked at the weekly? Um, menu? I did look at them. I did look at them. So, y'all. <laughs> so, for those who don't know what crumble cookies is, it girl, I guess it's a cookie store, and they catch themselves oh. telling people that they will have a a different set of flavors each week except two flavors are permanent so you're really not getting let me see one two three four five six you're really not getting six new flavors every week instead you're getting four because chocolate chip and sugar are always there and so ever since they had the blueberry muffin cupcake and have not brought it back it's been it's been very mid to me. But you know, I have noticed that it seems like they're confused. It's giving very it's, much. Uh, the, the assignment is due at 11.59 and it's 11.50. So I have to pull whatever I have out my ass. 
And I just, I get so confused because I'm like, who is on your marketing team? I need to literally write them and pitch myself to be on their marketing team because it's like they hired a bunch of interns that that's their marketing team. Hmm. I'm like, you all bypassed back to school, end of summer, beginning of fall, seasonal spices. You, you bypassed all those things and say, you know what we gonna do? Breakfast. Yeah, we gonna do some some cereal based cookies. Some well, some breakfast done that based over cookies. the summer. I'm like, y'all keep repeating the same thing. If I see another chocolate peanut butter cookie in the in the weekly roundup, I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, they almost always have something chocolate based, brownie fudge, whatever. Something peanut butter based and something I'll say like fruit, fruit based. Um, is what it, it seems like, you know, when you're in school and you have a certain lunch you look forward to and the menu, like the same rotation, it's the same menu. They just print it out and put it on the wall. It's giving cafeteria teas. I'm going to be honest. <sighs> so for this past week, this final week in September, obviously we have the chocolate chip and the sugar cookie, but we also have the caramel pumpkin cookie. For those who are watching the visual podcast, I will Okay, there we, there we go. That's what the caramel pumpkin looks like for those who are watching. It is pumpkin colored. If you've ever seen like a pumpkin bread, you know, it's that kind of color. Yeah. It looks like there's, this is probably cream cheese frosting that's swirled on the Mind you, there was a pumpkin flavor, I want to say last week. Really? I and what Crumble also used to do that they stopped doing was say whether the cookie is served warm or cold. Mm. And it matters to me because I don't pull up and pay $5 for a single cookie for it to be iced the fuck cold. Sorry, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I want it to be melting in my mouth. I want to feel the heat in the box. So imagine my surprise when A, they took it off the website, so it doesn't say served warm, served cold to the right of the cookie anymore. Um, so I order a sugar because when I first had a sugar, it was warm. Um, I get in my car. Why is the sugar ice, ice cold? Like it wasn't melting in my mouth because I had to chew it, which I didn't sign up for. I was, so, and that damn pink sugar cookie, it's been on their, their menu for the last few weeks. And every time next to it says updated recipe, what are you doing to it? I want to know the changes that are being made. What's the remix? What is being done? What is being done? Last week, there was a sugar cookie that said, like, Cadillac pink sugar. And it had a little picture of a Cadillac on it. it they just took it off for this week. They said, yeah, like, let's just take, it, take the Cadillac off, but keep the cookie there. Of, of all the cookies to experiment with, like, I need y'all to, to leave the sugar cookie alone and get to the, to the fun flavors. I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't take it. Like, I'm like, at this point... Let me just go to insomnia. Let me go to insomnia. Because what are y'all doing? What are y'all running? Mm. And whenever I go into the one that's near me, everybody in there is 15 years old. I said, nobody's wearing a hairnet. It's so you know you're getting older. I just see um, platinum hair, uh, Coolio, uh, twisty, Odell Beckham stuff on the head. I said, um, uh, where's the SpongeBob health inspector? <laughs> no hairnets, no what is going on here? I said, okay. Okay. I'm gonna have to just buy my cookies in the store. I, I guess. So we have caramel pumpkin, 
raspberry butter cake, which has um, a raspberry compote on it and maybe a dollop of, that's probably icing. We of course have something peanut butter fucking related. And this is the worst of them all because it is nutter butter. It's a peanut butter cream featuring nutter butter. I won't describe what it looks like because it's irrelevant. And then we have lemon glaze, which it's- If I wanted a nutter butter, I would just buy nutter butter cookies. It's also crumble, crumble wants to be IHOP so bad. Combo? Mm -hmm. Like, if I wanted a crepe, I get a crepe. I wanted French toast, I get French toast. I'm here for a motherfucking cookie. Enough. So if you had to sit, pick the best one from the Roundup or the least worst one, whichever, however you want to think of it, and the worst one, what would you say out of these four are, are the best and the worst? So to repeat, there's the caramel pumpkin, there's the raspberry butter cake, there's the peanut butter cream, and then there's the lemon glaze. Oh my God, I can't believe this is my selection. Me every week going onto the website, honestly. <laughs> um, because I don't eat raspberries. I don't like fruit. I don't like, well, I, I don't like, I like fruit, but I like four fruits, basically. Um, grapes be at the top of the list. Shout out to grapes. But I also don't like pumpkin. Yeah. Like, I'd say best. It's gonna give Chris day because she hates peanut butter, but I go with the nutter butters. What? I go with the nutter butters. I thought we were in mutual agreement that that would be the bottom. <laughs> I just, the idea of like a fruit jelly situation on a cookie, I don't want like donuts with stuff in the middle. Like if I'm eating it, or like chocolate, you ever get like chocolates from like a friend or like around the holidays and you bite into that bitch and it gushes in your mouth? I will burn this whole house down. <laughs> like, don't do it to me. Don't do it to me. Lemon glaze, I think best will have to be the nutter butter. Um, I can't even choose the worst because it's really going to be a tie for all three. I don't like any lemon flavor thing. I barely like lemon flavored like pound cake. I'm just like, let lemon be a fruit. Let lemon be lemonade, please. Um, I don't like pumpkin. I don't like raspberries. So the three are in a tie for the worst. And I'm a hassle. I'm not even a peanut butter head. Like, but it's the only one I would eat. Let's see. So y'all can only know two things about me as it relates to food. You should know that I hate anything with nuts or peanut butter, especially desserts. And I also hate watermelon. I don't like any melons, actually. Damn. So with that being said, the nutter butter, peanut butter cream nonsense is bottom fucking tier. The, wor the, the best one out of this roundup or the least worst, oh yeah, I'm not a big fan of lemon. I would say I would eat the raspberry butter cake because I'm not the biggest fan of caramel for whatever right. reason. I'm not either. And I, I just don't really like going for lemon unless it's uh, like a lemon tart or something where it's like Ugh. meant to be lemon. Um, but the, the raspberry butter cake looks fine. I like butter cake. I'm cool with compote. I think the little dollop of icing on the top looks a little, a little silly, but if I could only buy one, <laughs> um, I would I would buy the raspberry butter cake. 
I feel like this has been the trend, the trend for the past three weeks that we spend like the first couple of minutes or several minutes, I guess, talking about dragging, food. dragging food. Just, just talking about food. So maybe I feel like the best thing Crumble has going on their right. I feel like the best thing Crumble has going on their website is the banner at the top where you see them like, I'm like, right. I'm like, okay, hot shit, okay, okay. And then I scroll down to the menu and I'm like, never mind. Forget it. You make those traps. Enough. enough. Like, enough is enough. I'm just like, ugh. If oh I must. God. So, our little intros are, they're probably just going to stay this long, honestly, because we are passionate people. So, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the actual topic, which is not about dumpster diving, cheating scandals, or terribly flavored cookies. It is about <laughs> black hair. And this is probably a topic that could be broken out into many different parts. There are so many nuances as it relates to black hair, whether that's as it relates to your, your sex, where you live, your skin tone, your hair texture, all of it, the hairstyle, dating, yada, 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 professionalism, which I think we touched on a little bit uh, last last episode so yeah so so we're gonna talk about that and i'm gonna pass it over to chanel to start it off because i know you have a couple of things written down that um were definitely interesting so yeah yeah. all right y'all so i guess what i'll start with is Right now, I am growing my hair back out after, why did it get dark? What? Like I said, y'all, it's storming, so, okay. Um, so, yeah, this is, like, my third or fourth um, big chop. And when I big chop, like, for the most part, honestly, every time I big chop, I go buzz. You know, it's like skin bald, essentially. Um, and this time around... I mean, my hair was, my hair was kind of like falling out, but I was also having like scalp issues. I was going through a lot at the time, just like mentally and emotionally, and my hair was stressing me out, trying to figure out what to do with it, you know, how to, you know, wanting to feel good in my hair, wanting to feel attractive in my hair, wanting to feel presentable. Um, It was stressing me out, and my hair, and I've realized this, because I've cut it numerous times, genetically, my hair grows uneven. So the front of my hair and like the top of my hair grows longer than the back. And I mean like significantly, like the back will be three inches and the rest of my hair is six inches. What am I going to do with that? Right. So anyway, um, this time around, I want to say I cut my hair about, well, I cut it in like end of May and I just cut it low. But come, like, June, um, I was like, mm, it's not low enough. So I took it way, way down. Um, and I just was struggling with, like, what do I want to do with my hair? Because I like ease. I like simplicity. I like minimalism. And... Honestly, for me, like, navigating, not even navigating, but black hair generally is not that, right? Like, 
if you have a thicker, I have really thick, dense hair. Um, I always hear it whenever I would like go get braids or whatever the case is. They're like, your hair is so thick. Um, so it's not even like, oh, you just put your hair in four cornrows and throw a wig on. No, my hair is too thick. I would have to do, and I have a big head. So I'd have to do like four or five braids on each side. It's not, it, it was just, it was really a source of stress for me. And I feel like I've seen before, like people will try to shame you for saying things like that. But your experience is your experience. If I want carefree, simplicity, ease, wake up and go about my business, that's what I want, right? So I feel like I have always kind of, I call it a crisis, but it's very much me trying to identify with my hair, trying to figure out if there's a certain style that I like the best. And for me, a lot of things are what I call, you guys remember Venn diagrams? It's like a Venn diagram. <laughs> Not do y'all remember Venn diagrams. <laughs> y'all remember photosynthesis? Yeah. <laughs> right. Y'all right. remember long division? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all remember Punnett squares? Yeah, that. Mm -hmm. And we've been having them for a little bit. <laughs> this is probably our third or fourth time trying this. Yes. So we're going to just hop right into it. And please just give Chanel some good vibes because she's honestly about to repeat herself for the third time. So we need the good vibes. So if y'all are familiar with slam poetry, you know, when someone messes up, you just like rub your hands together and it's like you're giving them like the good vibes, the good energy. So I need y'all to do that for for Miss Chanel as she recounts again. Um, <laughs> as she repeats herself. Um, as she elaborates on the Venn diagram analogy that she was um, talking about before we had these technical difficulties. So I'm gonna pass it to you for what is hopefully the last time <laughs> and I will let you get back into it. Y'all, oh, okay. Step in. <laughs> okay, so I was comparing it to, um, I was comparing navigating my hairstyle, um, and not hairstyle, like, oh, this is my new hairstyle, braids, but like hair, space, style. I need to get like a stabilizer, clearly. Um, but basically, I was comparing it to, like, I was creating a diagram where I want a style that feels easy, but also a style that feels like me, that I enjoy, that I feel comfortable, confident, attractive in. And I don't think I found that style for myself yet. Um, I a lot of people will get like braids or like you know protective styles. I have an allergy to synthetic hair. And before y'all try to drop <laughs> brands and, and hacks, I've tried it. I've tried the apple cider vinegar. I've tried the, the hypoallergenic hair. I've tried the anti-itch hair. It just, excuse me, it just does not work for me. Um, and it still, like, irritate my scalp. So I don't even bother. And I'm just not going to buy human hair to put braids in. I'm, I just refuse. 
Um, so I generally stay away from braids. It's been a while since I've had box braids. My most recent braided style prior to me cutting my hair was some feed-ins, some straight-back feed-ins. But even those, I my scalp, I would notice my scalp was itching. Um, I, I just cannot tolerate it. And it's crazy because I lived in um, box braids when I was younger. Most of my school pictures, I'm in braids, cornrows, box braids. Um, I... The only time I had straight hair when I was in grade school, so honestly, like K through 12, was for picture day. Not picture day, I'm sorry, my, my high school prom. I had a weave with some like black china bangs, and I was feeling myself. But otherwise, child, I've had braids my entire life. Like, I've lived in braids. Um, college, I wore my hair a lot straight, very much just like. Uh, middle or like side part and I would just flat iron it and it kind of came like shoulder length and I would wear it that way it wasn't until the end of college that I started to do like twist outs and things like that um I was roommates with another black girl who wore her hair natural and she's always said like Chanel why don't you wear your hair like natural you know blah 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 um but even with that I was very much like a baby natural like using Cantu products like very much like just experimenting and trying to figure out what I liked because when I would do twist outs a lot of times it was kind of like a fro but like it was touching my forehead I'd be breaking out um so trying to figure that out and navigate that was its own thing but um I think right now I'm just in a I've been thinking about locking my hair um but there's even times where I'm like, I don't know if that's for me. But I don't know. I think wanting to identify with your hair, um, wanting to feel like you have a a signature style or a style that fits you best or a way that you want, like a goal for your hair, a goal for what you want your hair to look like. Um, not wanting your hair to feel like, you know, a burden or... Um, a tussle, you know. Um, so that's kind of what I've been navigating with my hair. Cool. Um, and so you said like that's kind of like your like black hair crisis right now. Yeah. So again, this is my third um, big chop. My first big chop was 2016, 2017, and it was due to basically like color. Not color damage, but I got it dyed. It wasn't even the style I wanted. It wasn't even the color I wanted. I just took it. And then I tried to dye over it, and it turned this ugly color, and I started a job where I couldn't have unnatural hair color. So I ended up just cutting it all off myself. I've never gotten a professional big chop, now that I think about it. I just cut it all off myself. I used, like, clippers or scissors, um, and it showed. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, that was my first one. My second one, it was very much like a stress thing. I was going through a lot of, it was also my hair was damaged. I was going through a lot of life transitions at the time. I had moved. Um, I was just trying to navigate like mental and emotional stuff. And I'm one of those people that when I'm overstimulated and overwhelmed, 
I am grasping at straws for what I can control. And I normally will gravitate toward changing my hair. Um, and by changing, I honestly mean cutting. I'm not like, let me do something with my hair. Let me go, I don't know, get braids. Like, I almost always, like, cut it off to feel like that, like, renewal, that, like, liberation, that, like, this is one less thing on my plate that I have to worry about. Because I am a believer of, like, when you look good, you feel good. Um, and not, not necessarily when you look good, but when you feel like you look good. Because I feel like that's important. There's such people, everybody else will see, like, oh, you look fine, you look fine, you look fine. If I feel like I don't look fine, I'm not going to feel good because I don't feel like I look good. So I basically will kind of gravitate toward chopping my hair up, which around this time, like I cut my hair off in June. I was navigating a lot of transitions. I was about to move. Um, I had started a new job. I was trying to work on my fitness journey. Um, it was just a lot. And my hair was stressing me out, like doing it, trying to figure out what to do with it, having to jump on Zoom meetings, and it's just all over my head. I was just like, enough is enough. So I cut it off again. Um, but navigating this stage of my hair growing back is the hardest for me because I really only like my big chop when I fresh do it. And then I like it like eight months later when it's like a small fry that I feel a headband on. But like the in between, I I don't I get like hair dysmorphia. Like I do not want to look at it. I don't want to see it. It it ramps up my anxiety. I'm like my head is shaped like a dickhead. My hair is shaped like a triangle. Like I I do not recognize my hair. I do not recognize myself. I'm like please get it away from me. Um, and I I think like people get shamed for that. But I feel like that's like a natural feeling. Um, for some people, and like that's fine. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had a hair crisis. Mm. At least, like long term. Yeah, I've had moments where I was like, "Oh my god, what am I gonna do with my hair?" But I think that. That's the name of the game with a lot of people, definitely in a more unique way with black women right. specifically. But I've definitely had like temporary hair crises, but I feel like the relationship with my hair has pretty much always been the same in some regard, even if it's sort of developed or changed a, a bit over time just because of the way I was wearing it, who was doing it, what it looked like, that kind of thing. So the the closeness I felt towards my hair and the pride I felt towards my hair or even the disdain I felt towards my hair or the frustration feeling like it's an obstacle, all of those, I felt at least to some extent or some variety, even when I was a child. Mm. And that never fully went away. And, and I think it's more so just morphed or developed as I went natural, was fully natural, played around with different protective styles and 
and things of that nature. So I don't think I would call it a hair crisis more more than just a slightly tumultuous might be a big a bit of a extreme word, but more of a, a rocky journey than an explicit crisis for me personally, I would say. Okay. Yeah. What do you feel like your relationship with your hair was like when you were younger? Like how, how early were you aware of your hair? How early did you feel like, like, did you kind of start having a relationship with your hair, be it uh quote unquote like negative or like positive like when did you start kind of being like okay my hair is a part of me and it's something i can experiment with so as far as when i felt like my hair was something that was a part of me and that i could experiment with i feel like i began to taste that a little bit when I was going into college because I was transitioning from having texturized hair and I was dealing with two different textures and also I was away from my mom so there wasn't any going to the salon regularly to wear it straight or anything I had to figure out more natural styles that would help blend the two different textures of my hair. So I think around that time is when I started to have a a more explicit relationship with my hair that wasn't so hands off. Because around that time, that's also when I started playing around with protective styles. I was really only doing Marley twists because that's the only thing I really knew how to do, even if they weren't that great. So um, around that time is when I started experimenting. And I think I had a very experimental era around 2019 when I was just shaving my head back and forth, back and forth and dyeing it and all kinds of stuff. So I think around that time is really when I was just being playful with my hair and I think it's interesting that that's also when I had the least amount of hair. But as a kid, I I think I began to associate some sort of negativity to my hair, not necessarily because of the texture. I don't think I really recognized the texture or that some black girls had hair that was quote unquote, looser and my hair was tighter. I never really picked up on that. It was more so the experience that came with it a lot of the times, which was kind of like you, I always had my hair in cornrows. So it was pretty much always getting my hair done and just that being sometimes uncomfortable or, you know, when you're a little girl or just a little kid, you don't want to always be worried about getting your hair done and all this other stuff. So I think when I began to realize that that wasn't something that was universal, I began to associate that with frustration with my hair. And with media, when I saw that girls could just get in the shower and wash their hair and go, I was confused why I couldn't do that. And the only time I really, really liked my hair was 
when I was around seven and there was a specific hairstyle that I liked, I called them um, Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse ears. And they were just two Afro puffs on either side of my head. But for some reason, I really, really liked them. Um, probably because I never wore my hair out besides then. But yeah, I definitely didn't have the conversations around, oh, your hair is so beautiful because of X, Y, and Z. It's just more so like, okay, well, we have to like do something with your hair or just a lot of subliminal stuff about my hair, especially when I went completely natural. Um, so yeah, I, I think there were just different phases of my relationship with my hair. Um, cause I didn't start wearing my hair straight until middle school. And, um, it's just interesting thinking about that because nowadays having my hair pressed, I don't like the way I look with it, but I also don't like the way I look all the time with just like my natural hair because it just always feels like it's unkept. And I was talking to my therapist about this and she was saying that if I wore my hair in braids pretty much my entire life or all of childhood, and then I was wearing my hair straight for pretty much all of adolescence, it makes sense that what I associate with my hair looking pretty or done or representative of me is when it is not out and loose because I don't have any photos of my hair as a child or as an adolescent where my hair is just loose and curly. So, so yeah, that's what I would say about that. It's not really just like a, uh, a singular moment, but just different ones. I would say um so yeah for you I know you said that you were in this space where you just kind of wish you could find a style that was representative of you <laughs> if you didn't have any issues with uh like being allergic to hair or anything else or what have you what style would you think is most representative of your hair? And is that something that you can currently do with your hair? Or is it something where it's like, mm, is not gonna happen, mama? <laughs> um, before I answer, I do just wanna um, kind of like branch off what you said. I do think you make a good point about um, the ex experience attached to your hair. Um, I didn't have like perms or anything growing up. So we'd go to the salon and mainly it was like cornrow styles. I mean, everybody knows cornrows hurt. Getting cornrows done hurts. It's uncomfortable. Your hair basically is being pulled into a style. Um, and so you kind of go into it knowing like, I mean, as a kid, you know, I don't think it's not on think I can both in, but okay, when I go to sleep tonight, laying on my head is going to hurt. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of going to have my shoulders up. Like, you know when it's, like, tight in the back of your hair and you kind of just have a certain stance and, like, it's just, like, very uncomfortable. Um, so I think that's important, too, to note. But also, it made me think about lack of agency and autonomy that, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but 
that I kind of grew up with as far as my hair. Like, it wasn't like, do you want braids? Um, the most kind of, like, agency I got was, like, when I was kind of, like, in high school and would get box braids, like, choosing the color of my braids. But even then, like, it couldn't be no, like, pink-purple braids, right? Um, because, again, presentability, right? Um, but it makes me think about how children of, like, other races, specifically white people, um, like, I, I've seen, like, little white girls with, like, little purple strand or, like, you know, like, little, like, like pink tint. And, I mean, in this day and age now, they have, like, the hair wax and stuff. I don't really think they had anything like that when I was growing up. I'm not sure. Um, so you can do a little bit more, like, non-damaging, non-permanent experimenting. Y'all know those little synthetic, uh, like, clippings that, like, white kids yeah. we have in? So, like, I see, like, those, but I do feel like, even, like, a little white girl being like, you know, I want to get it, I want a haircut, like, I want to cut my hair, right? Like, I think if I was a little kid and I said I want to cut my hair, like, it would not have, it would not have flown. Um, but I also feel like my memory is, I'm, I'll let y'all know, my memory is trash, but I also feel like I've been, like, before, like, getting my hair done, you're crying, you're upset. It's like, oh, like, what, would you, do you want me to just cut it? And you're like, no, 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 because you associate being a girl with having hair, right? Um, specifically, like, longer hair, especially when you're, you're young, you're a little girl. Um, so I wanted to say that. But also, I feel like even if I wasn't allergic to, like, I, I probably keep my hair in like box braids um or faux locks if i wasn't like if i didn't have such a like uh synthetic hair allergy but um and i've kind of mentioned this before i like to feel genuine and authentic um and chris kind of mentioned in the beginning hopefully it translates in the <laughs> in the like production but like uh dating as a black woman you know like how your photos present your hair how, versus how you like normally keep your hair feeling like okay if all my photos i have box braids and wigs then so-and-so can't see me in an afro right because it's almost like you feel like inauthentic you feel like oh you're catfishing even though i feel like by now even non-black men know that black women experiment with their hair um and i think your therapist brought up a good point of like you're, you're not gonna have a relationship with how your hair looks in its natural state if you haven't even really spent time with your hair in its natural state right um which is why like when i feel myself having that what i call hair dysmorphia where like I'm not going to say I am repulsed. I feel like that's a strong word. But, like, I catch a glimpse of myself with just, like, my natural hair doing thing. And sometimes, don't get me wrong, I step out the shower. I've just washed my hair. My hair is, like, you know, like, kind of, like, naturally curly or whatever. Um, and I'm like, oh, my hair's been kind of cute. But I still have a, like, critique about it, right? Like, oh, well, it needs, it needs a little shaping. Or, um, you know, I wish my hair had, like, this kind of texture so I could really just get up put some leave-in, you know, diffuse it and go. Like, looser texture hair. Um, I feel like when your hair is tied 
to also work, it is hard for you to have a healthy and a positive relationship with it um, because most people do not like working, right? So if I feel like, okay, this is another part of like upkeeping myself, especially if it becomes an expense. So again, I feel like even if I wasn't allergic, allergic to synthetic hair, I, I'd probably do my own Marley twist, which I used to. I used to do my own Marley twist. I used to do my own crochet when I was in college because my college was in this small white town. Um, and of course, there were girls on campus who um, like knew how to braid, knew how to do hair. But for the most part, like, you have to like, kind of get to know them if like, I didn't know them. So I'd have to like go into the city if I wanted to get my hair done. So I'm like, you know what? I got this under control. Forget it. Um, but when... Doing your hair like it's an expense, a heavy expense, um, or it feels burdensome because there's like all these rules that come with it. So like, oh, if your hair is really thick, I'm charging you more. If your hair is like really long, I'm charging you more. If you know what I mean, if if your head is is larger, it's just like enough, right? So I think that also plays a role in it because. I can almost guarantee you no white woman has stepped into a great clips, into a dry bar, into a sports clips, and we're told you gotta have your hair washed, dried <laughs> when you when you come in here. Don't come in here with no greasy ass head. Like I can almost guarantee you that's never been said, right? Um and I just feel like a lot of hairdressers, Chris and I have had this conversation before, but it has gotten away from providing an experience. And instead, it's just like a simple service. And I feel like that also plays a role into it. Like, I remember as a kid going to the salon, um, I have a sister who's like a year older than me. So we'd go basically together, you know, she'd get one started. Um, so I kind of have like a book. I have like snacks. I knew I, I'm going to be in there for a while, right? But I remember like going to like the chair with like the little shampoo thing and getting a hair wash and it felt so good. Like it felt like a luxury. It felt like, you know, like like a self-care thing. Um, while now, I mean, you're, you're thinking about like, okay, is the hairdresser going to cancel on me? Um, I got to wash my hair. I got to blow dry. Is it combed out enough? Like there's times where, especially if you have thick hair, where like humidity will get it going. Um, that's how my hair is. Like even when I used to straighten it in college, if I go out on a humid day, it's it is very much swelling. Um, so I would like by the time I wash my hair, blow dry, comb it out. But I started like bringing a comb with me because by the time I get to my car, get to the person's house, I'm like, okay, has my hair sweated? Are my roots puffy? Is she gonna charge me more? Is you know she gonna have an attitude about it? Like. That type of mentality shouldn't go into what should be a, to an extent, a luxury self-care experience. Um, so I almost am like, I don't know how to describe it, but I'm almost like, why are people shocked when black women just texturize their hair, just perm their hair, just keep it under waves and weaves? When there is so much that goes into trying to protect your hair, trying to preserve it in its natural state, trying to upkeep it, not just personally, but even from establishments, right? Like, you would think that, um, you know, like, 
if the push was for protecting your natural hair and like staying natural and not putting like harmful lye on your hair, that it would be an affordable service. It would be a treat. It would be an experience. But it's very much often giving kitchen beautician. You you go in, the, the garbage is full. Um, the house, the house might be, you know, like crowded or, you know, it, it might be she on the phone, she popping the gum. Like, it feels very much like, huh, like begrudging. So I'm like, how would you not expect black women to kind of go into like their relationship with their hair to reflect that, right? Have you ever felt have you ever felt liberated in your hair um i would say so my go-to style when i had longer hair was a puff because it's easy um for the most part in puffs my hair stays moisturized um i feel like my hair is put together it it has that ease and it has that i still feel attractive and confident in it i feel like when my hair when i I have like a picture some probably on my phone um but when i would wear like my puff i would say i felt liberated by that like i didn't feel the need to like split my edge i always pretty much put like water gel sometimes not even gel just like water and i brush it and kind of just have it up um but i would probably say that because again like it it was that overlap of the ease but also i feel confident and attractive and honestly like authentic with it right like if it was just like my hair was very short and i had a false puff on it like the synthetic drawstring ones I'd be like, oh my goodness, like I feel like I'm throwing off a false narrative of who I am. I feel like, what if it blows away? What if, um, you know, what if it falls off? What if somebody like thinks I'm somebody else and like goes to pull my hair and I am unveiled? You know what I mean? I am busted. Um, so I would say when I had my pub, that was probably uh, the most liberated I felt with my yeah, and I also think that related to what you were just saying about feeling like you are putting on a front when you have a wig on or extensions in or when you have like an online dating profile and right. most if not all of your photos are with your natural hair covered either in wigs or um under protective styles braids faux locks what have you that concern with feeling like you're lying or that you are misconstruing who you actually are does it's not a universal concern amongst black women because our hair textures are different so i feel like someone with looser hair like 3c hair or whatever is more likely than someone with 4c hair 
to have their hair uh, in braids on their, we'll just keep it to the dating profile, and all their photos on their dating profile. And when they go to meet this person uh, in person, the probability that the 3C girl is concerned about how this person they're going to meet will perceive them in their natural hair is a lot lower than the probability of a girl with 4C hair having that concern simply because I feel like a lot of times the idea of a protective style just being to protect your hair or just kind of get out the way for a little bit becomes a little more than just that when your hair is a bit tighter and you struggle with liking it because then it takes on the additional purpose of hiding your hair. I know there are girls with hair much looser than mine that do have hair insecurities, but it's the same way that light-skinned black girls can be insecure in their race. It's not to say that they can't be, but it's incomparable to the insecurity dark-skinned women uh, and dark-skinned uh, black people in general face um, in their day-to-day experience. So don't come to me saying like, oh, you know, I have 3B hair and yada, yada, yada. I'm sure you do. But um, it's still very different from what people who are constantly told, whether subliminally and media or from their family or friends, that something is wrong with their hair. So the discomfort that someone with 3B or 3C hair might have in having a protective style and then having their natural hair out is still not as severe as someone who also has a hair insecurity, but their hair is 4B or 4C. And I feel like outside of the social conditioning aspect, it's also because when your hair is covered, wigs or braids or whatever and then it's out and you have 3b 3c even maybe like 4a hair if it is still loose and curly and big and everything it's almost like a plus like oh wow you don't even like need to have braids you don't even need wigs you know whereas with people with tighter hair i feel like it feels like you are hiding something about you um as opposed to like when you have loose hair and that's that's not as much of a concern because you know that it's more socially yeah. admired than someone who has tighter hair. So I'm more so concerned that when this person sees me with my natural hair that they're not gonna like it because it shrinks up so it looks a lot shorter or that um, it's frizzy so it doesn't really have much definition as opposed to someone with looser hair where again they might not be totally secure in their hair but the thing is still that people prefer that look over the the tighter look so yeah i wanted to to call that out as well yeah and i feel like there is a difference when you have like 3A hair and you're almost just getting braids because you want a cute new hairstyle versus when you have 4C hair 
you're you're almost needing the hairstyle in order to prevent you from having to do so much work. Um, to prevent your hair from knotting up without you having to do something every single day. Buying, you know, a shit ton of hair products so uh, that work with your hair porosity, your hair thickness, your hair texture, the hairstyles you wear your hair in. Um, and I've had to learn, too, that there are some styles that I will like on other people, but I don't like on myself. So, like, even though I prefer my Big Chop when it's fresh buzz over, like, a two, three month grow out, I have learned that I like it more on, excuse me, other people than I do on myself. Part of that for me is I have a more oval face and I like big chops on small like circle faces, right? I've had to learn this about clothes too. There are some outfits that I think are cute on, Somebody I see it on, the model I see it on, whatever. But on me, I may not like it because I don't feel like it looks on my body. I don't feel like it looks how I wanted it, like to versus like how I saw it on the person, right? So I think that's something I've also had to navigate with hair. Is sometimes I'll see a style and it looks really like cute or like dainty or you know whatever the case is on someone. But then on me, I'm like, mm. yeah, it's it's not giving what I thought it was going to give. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I also feel like going back to the, the thing you brought up about having carefree hair, this idea of carefree and it being accepted or mm. perceived to also be carefree the way you intend it to be. Mm is different still with different hair textures so and not just like with girl with like black or brown girls with like looser hair but like like the white girls too where they can just roll out of bed and put it up into a quote-unquote messy bun whether that's straight wavy curly whatever but people with um coilier hair and more afro textured hair if they were to probably like on on any given day if they were to just wake up and get up and go people would think that they looked wild one because people don't like the hair texture but also just because of how that hair texture um how that how that hair texture actually behaves which is that it's very malleable and it's very moldable. So the same way that I could have putty and form it into a shape and it just stays like that, the coilier hair will do the same thing. So if I've been sleeping on my side all night, then the left side of my hair is gonna be really flat and then the right side of my hair is gonna look totally different. So even if I were to just get up and go outside of people not liking my hair texture i'm also going to be perceived as though i look crazy but then even if i do finesse it a little bit and just sprinkle some water and get the flattened part to 
to match the other side of my hair, right. people will still perceive me as my hair not being done. So then it makes me think or wonder rather if carefree, what we call carefree as it relates to women's hair is something that is applicable to people with coilier hair. And if the, the way someone is carefree is different for each person's texture. So if I'm comparing or I'm understanding carefree as meaning I literally can get up and leave, but my hair also somehow looks quote unquote done, then of course, if I have 4B hair that shrinks, that is very moldable um, and it's very tight, if I if that's my comparison, then I'm going to think that I, I can't have carefree hair, that something's wrong with my hair. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I wonder if the definition for carefree is even applicable to coily girls and if not, or even if it is, is it a reasonable expectation and is it an accurate definition of carefreeness for coily headed people? Because as I think about it, I feel like carefree for me as someone with 4B hair, um, it's not going to look the same as carefree with someone with bone straight hair. And I think the disconnect outside of the social conditioning that we get saying that our hair texture is ugly or whatever is is the fact that what's normalized in commercials in society or whatever is that girls should girls and women should you know like strive to be beautiful but not too much you should also be naturally beautiful Um, Because if you focus too much on your appearance, then you're stuck up, you're yada, yada, yada. So I, I just, I, I, I feel like the, the way carefreeness looks in people with coilier hair, is just not going to be the same as what carefree looks like with people with straighter hair. But even if that is understood, I still don't know that whatever definition or understanding we come up with for carefree, for people with tight for hair, if that will still be enough for us and for the external world. I don't know if any of that made sense, but. Yeah, and I was going to add, I think it also depends on what your version of done hair looks like, right? right? And are you holding yourself to that standard or the standard of socially acceptable doneness for black hair, right? Because if I have, I'm sorry, I keep like glancing at the door because I just know my glass is going to blow in. Like, <laughs> I just feel it. Um, if I have like a fresh big chop, I mean, it might be carefree because I get up and I just brush it, if that, right? Like I could just wake up and go. There's no hair that's going to be mashed. There's no, you know what I mean? If I if I want to spray some leave-in conditioner, that's all of one minute. Um, or if I even have hair that's an inch long, 
it might feel carefree to me still because I I get up, I might spritz it with water, I might use like a little coiling sponge real quick. It might take all of five minutes. Um, and that to me might feel carefree because I jump up and for the most part I go. Um, I remember when I had longer hair, um, watching, like, wash-and-go videos for, like, 4C hair. Chow, it's all, the shingling, I oh said, baby, God. baby, it's giving, picking grains of sand at the beach. Each <laughs> individual, twist, 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 string, uh, rake, rake, twist, twist. I said, um, I'm not. At this, at this point, it seems to be a wash and go because it's, it's giving wash and stay for three hours while you twisty over it, over Simple. it. And people will say like in those videos that they are um, like bringing out their curl pattern, which to an extent, you know, they are like if you yeah. wet your hair and they put gel in it and it dries like that, then yeah, you see like what's your curls or ringless or whatever look like if yeah. they didn't shrink or frizz whatever but right. you aren't actually highlighting the natural texture and yeah. behavior of your hair yeah which is fine if that's what you want to do but the problem is when you are one capitalizing off of being 4b and 4c and despite that your content is about making it look anything but 4B or 4C. Right. So it's like heavy manipulation. Yeah. Um, as far as the hair goes, not like trying to manipulate the people, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as far as styling the hair goes. Um, and again, like things that feel like work, I shy away from. Um, right. because I very much am like, listen, like, I don't want to do all this. I, I just don't want to do all of it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. Um, I feel like I was going somewhere and I forgot. While you think about that, something that you just said about, um, you not liking work or labor mm. and if something feels like work, you're going to avoid that innately. Mm. Do you think that with afro textured hair it is at least we'll, we'll say like with with your hair um which is coilier afro textured would you say that this lack of desire to do it because it is uh it requires work is because it a is actual laborsome hair or because of mm, because of the relationship to your hair and how you perceive it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I would say the latter. Um, okay. Especially because now, like, my hair is probably, and of course not all over because, again, it's uneven um, naturally. Um, but an inch max my hair is if, if even up there um and then i have like tighter coils like on my sides versus the top um so my hair is still very much a length where i could run it underwater put some leave-in in it if i want to put some eco throw some gel in it go about my business 
Um, but I feel like because, again, like the shape of my hair bothers me, I am just like, forget it. Like, I don't want to do anything with it. I just don't want to see it. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to see it. Um, so it's not even like the actual hair is uh, burdensome. At least not at the length that it is right now. I think when my hair was longer, um, my issue with my hair when it was longer was that, I don't want to say my issue, but it's really thick. Um, and so styling it, there was there just wasn't really a lot of styles that I would experiment with because... I'm like, if I do any, like, little individual twists or anything, it's going to take eons, um, which is why the puff is just, like, my go-to style. Um, I might have done at some point, like, two, like, puffs. Um, but even that to me, because then again, I can't, like, have my puffs here because my the back of my hair is significantly shorter than the top and the front. So it's not even, like, reaching all the way up. So they kind of have to be low ones. But then... The front of my hair isn't reaching all the way back. So it just it would just be very much a tussle um, where I was just like, okay, ne never mind. Never mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you remember what you were going to say from earlier? I did not. <laughs> I probably remember it tonight lying in bed. Y'all, the way I, middle of the night, will just think of something. Like, literally, I think Monday or, like, Tuesday, I texted Chris. I was like... <laughs> Oh my god. At like 3 a.m. I woke up to like go pee. Um, I really don't know why I woke up, but I remember waking up and being like, Chris gets her hair done on Thursday. <laughs> and then I went to go pee and then I got back in bed. And I'm like, why did my brain do that? Like, right. like what was the reason? When do you feel your hair, or rather, what does your hair look like? when you feel the prettiest or most confident or whatever word you want to describe for um, beauty or um, accurate expression? This is a good question. And it's hard to answer because it varies. When I big chopped, there were times when I'll be like in a Zoom meeting and I'll be looking at myself like, is that, is that too much? Like, I will be feeling myself. Um, but then there's times where I would be like, you look like an actual raisin. Like, I wish you would relax, right? Like, um, but then there's times when I had, like, longer hair, like my puff, where, again, like, I'll catch a glimpse of myself and be like, it's giving regal. It's giving woman king. Um, and then other times where I look and be like, is this it? You're just going to wear this puff for the rest of your life? You're going to be buried in a coffin in a puff? No. Like, it was even Dr. Seuss. That was a bit of a bar. <laughs> but I was just like, all right. Um, I have not really had box braids as an adult. I'm going to be honest. They're like overpriced. Um, so I can't even say, I've done like Marley Swiss on myself and I feel like, uh, or like faux locks on myself and I feel like, oh, like I look kind of good with this. Child, wigs is really hit or miss. There are times with wigs where I'm like, okay, like I feel cute. And other times where I'm like, I feel like uh, this is a charade. Like, I feel like I am lying to myself. <laughs> um, so.
So I don't really have a straightforward answer because it varies. And I mean, if I'm being honest and just like sitting with myself, it can vary just because it's not even about the hair, right? Like it is me. It is my perception of self um, versus it actually even being about the hairstyle. I could be chasing something with my hair that is an unrealistic expectation that is very unattainable. Um, but that doesn't mean the thought doesn't cross my mind, right? Where I'm like, oh, like, I'll see, like, a picture of, like, a girl with maybe, like, 3C hair. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, if I have my hair, I'd wear it, like, in a little bob or, like, in a little, like, real short pixie. And, like, you bitches couldn't tell me a thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Okay. I think for me, I feel prettiest. And I guess this is kind of opposite of when I was a kid. But I feel prettiest with my hair when it's in like knotless box braids, um, specifically. In general, I feel prettier when my hair is quote unquote done. So in some mm -hmm. sort of protective style. But when I have just my regular, regular, long, black, brown, whatever hair color, um, knotless braids, then that's usually when I feel my prettiest. And mm -hmm. I think some of that is one probably just like the the aesthetic of it but also i think it's because there feels like there's a higher accuracy in how i want to be represented which is this carefree go with the flow right. kind of person and at least in the black community i think that braids are associated very heavily with that mm. um and you know here and there um but the way like wigs are associated with being um maybe like more high maintenance more put together more polished mm -hmm. braids are more associated with um with naturalness i feel like right and right. again this is not all braids 100% of the time and it's not the same for each hair type each body it's on whatever but in general I think that braids are seen as like oh she you know she must she must have crystals and yada 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 um, <laughs> and so I feel like the association that black people have with long braids is also the association or more similar to the association that I have with my internal self. So mm -hmm. I also feel prettier when I have these long braids because I feel more like myself and because I feel mm -hmm. more like myself with less disconnect and less dissonance that makes me feel prettier because I feel like I am actually me. Right. But then there's this inability to fully enjoy that because I know deep down that it's not even really the hairstyle that I like or love. It's the fact that my natural hair is not out. Mm. And so knowing that, like I said, it makes it hard to really enjoy feeling prettier or enjoying the hairstyle yes. for what it is because there is still a desire for me to 
not only like my hair, but to like every aspect of me. So the way you were saying that part of your reason for wanting carefree hair is because that's just the opposite of your experience from childhood. Nothing was really carefree. So you want to have you want to have that. And so yeah. I feel like with me, it's always felt like I am fighting something or mm. trying to prove something mm. and trying to fix something. So I am bothered by the fact that I even like my hair when it's covered up because I know that means that I still don't like my hair in this natural state. Mm. And since I don't like my hair in its natural state, that means that there are still aspects of myself that I do not like. And if there are aspects of myself that I don't like, then those are aspects of myself that I am uh, fighting against. And that yeah. is the opposite of being carefree and loose yeah. and just being in the present moment and enjoying the world. Um, right. So, so yeah, just kind of a tangent on the, like the style thing. But that that's what I would say for the hairstyle and feeling pretty. Um, yeah, there have been times, though, when my hair has been like in its natural state and I think like, oh, it's so cute. But yeah. usually the most consistently that has been is when my hair was shorter and okay. it was either like completely shaved, yeah. which is funny because when I look at my my pictures from when I was bald, I'm like, girl, we're not doing that again. But <laughs> even when my hair was... I said the same thing. <laughs> even when my hair was growing out and it was in the phase where it was still super, still too short to do any kind of protective style, but it was still long enough for my hair to um, still be really defined and in, in its natural wrigglets because it didn't, there wasn't enough hair or density for it to clump together and look more like a cotton ball. So yeah. there's that. And then there was a stage where my hair was maybe long enough to do some very, very tiny Bantu knots or to do very small plaits. Yeah. Um, but it was too short for it to like, like pretty much like matte, not matte, but like uh, press against my hair um, after I slept. And in yeah. those moments, in those two different stages, I also felt like my hair was pretty um, because one, I felt like I could see my hair, my, my curls a little better, better. Yeah. And two, I was able to participate in the level of carefreeness that I wanted, which was right. to just get in the shower and not think about getting my hair wet, just completely right. getting wet and just letting the water get over my body. And yeah. the concern is not my hair getting wet or this yeah. and that. It's just, I'm just here. Yeah. Um, and so I think that also made me feel like I was pretty in those moments because my hair was natural in its natural state technically. And I wasn't fighting it. I was just letting it do what it did and right. do what it does. And I liked it. So that made me feel... Um, pretty as well but as yeah, my hair I will say it is like to get in the shower and not worry about your hair getting wet is a flex like I love getting in the shower and like washing my hair right 
Um, and just like not minding it being like wet, being able to jump in the shower and even wash it. Because again, like when your hair is longer, just blow the glass in already. <laughs> um, when your hair is longer, you know that if you wash it, you're going to have to detangle it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever washed my hair and just fell asleep. Like, I have to mm-hmm. wash it. When I get out, I need to put leave-in. I need to plait it so that it doesn't tangle while I'm sleeping or, like, mat at the roots. Um, because, again, when my hair was longer, I always felt like my roots were the thickest part. And then kind of as I got toward the end, you know, it would open up more. But, like, at the roots, baby, oh, my gosh. So... Like even if you have your even if you're wearing your hair in like a puff, which is very much like a a wash and go style, there's times where I would wash my puff and just put a band on and go about my business. But know that if there's no conditioner or anything, like it's it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit of a ruckus. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, like you would know, okay, if my hair's longer, like it's gonna be I'm gonna have to condition it, I'm gonna have to detangle it. Um, it's going to be work, even if it's not like a day, like a wash day. Um, so I don't think I've ever taken like super long to wash my hair. Um, I would kind of like put a deep conditioner in, put a mask in, jump in the shower, you know, shampoo, conditioner, excuse me, and then detangle it, go about my business. Like I probably normally do like four or five, four to eight plaits, depending on how thick my hair is, how long my hair is, and like throw a turban on it or whatever the case is. Um, for like the day, and then the next day, maybe take it out and like wear that as like a puff or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I will say like that feeling of being able to get in the shower and just wash my hair and like rub my head makes me never want to grow my hair out. <laughs> Honestly, right. truly, um, because it just feels so good. Like I don't know if you all. I mean, I'm sure being a black woman, like you have a time where like you want to wash your hair but you're worried about destroying the style that you paid a lot of money for, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know when I was younger, I wasn't washing my hair while I had braids in. And I would have my braids in for like two and a half, three months when I was younger. Um, and I wasn't washing my hair. Um, I, my hair would get washed when I went to the salon to get it redone. So I do think that um, now... Um, we are in a different kind of era where it's like you're saying, you, you know, you want to take care of your hair. So even with like braids or like for some people, even with like prologues, twists, whatever, they'll like just wash their hair and be like, whatever. Um, to me, that's one of the appeal of locks, especially if you're not married to a retwisted look, which I am not. Um, you wash your hair when you feel like it. If I want to wash my hair every two days, I wash my hair every two days. If I want to wash my hair once a month, I wash my hair once a month. Um, do not recommend that, but, right. you know. So as we come to a close and before we get into our closing discussion question, is there mm-hmm. a final topic or question or comment that you have, um, n- knowing that there's probably a, a good likelihood we'll have more episodes related to black hair? Um, I guess if I had to just kind of give any closure comments, I'd say if you are the mom to like a little black girl, like 
let her experiment with her hair. Um, I think a lot of times moms will kind of put a style in their child that's a perspective style to an extent because it's less work for them. It's less frustration for the child. I mean, you've probably seen videos of like little girls getting their hair braided and they're screaming and they're falling out. My niece used to be like that even when it was box braids, like not even to the scalp cornrows. Like she would be kicking, like it would be actually ridiculous. Um, so I get it, but I do think it's important to let your child build a relationship with their hair early. Um, and I feel like you don't, it is a, a slippery slope to identify with your hair. And I say that just because anything can happen. You know what I mean? Like you could get, you could get an autoimmune disease. You could just, your hair could just start falling out. You don't want your femininity, your worth your confidence, your perspective on self to be tied to something as trivial and as honestly stupid as just like hair on your fucking head, right? Um, and it sucks that we live in a society where like, especially being black, like so much goes into that. Um, so much as far as like your worth, your your attractiveness, your opinion on your own attractiveness, your opinion on others' attractiveness. Um, like we still live in a society where if a woman's hair is short, they're like, oh, is that a boy? Oh, it's a boy. Oh, are you a girl or a boy? Like you, you can have titties to the wall and they're like, oh, is that a boy? Like just say you need cataracts, babes. Like it's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but that would be like my, my addition. I would say if you have a little black girl, like, or you're black, like experiment with your hair. Um, don't. I saw a quote the other day that, that said, don't make anything a religion. Mm. Um, and if you want to cut it, hair grows back, right? If you want to keep it long, do that. Like, do what feels good. If you want to dye it, like, I know a lot of women uh, get worried about, like, hair damage. Um, I've dyed my hair. I've texturized my hair. Um, I have obviously cut my hair, right? So... I think it's important for you, for women to do that because it reminds you of the temporariness of hair, right? Like you are not marrying or attaching yourself to anything to do with your hair. Um, so those would be like my my final thoughts, my final pieces. It's hair. You know, the uh, corn kid, it's corn. <laughs> it's hair. <laughs> it's corn. Right. So I think my final question, mm. because I know in future episodes, if we discuss black hair again, I'm not going to remember this. So I just want to close it out with this. Where would you say the most criticism for your hair comes from, either currently or um, historically? Mm. Um, I would honestly say I would say myself, okay. but I'd also say like influence to a certain extent. And I say that because the second time I big chopped, I remember I was home alone at the time I was in a relationship, but I was home alone and I cut all my hair off and I felt 
good, y'all. Like, I felt like a guinea pig this time. I was like, damn, like, mm-hmm. air. Like, when that air hits your scalp, you be like, ooh. Um, and that's how I was feeling, right? So my partner at the time comes home. I had a door open. He's coming up the stairs, and he freezes on the stairs. And he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. He's looking at me, I'm looking at him. He's like, why did you cut your hair? Y'all, when I tell you I almost instantly was in tears, if not was, mm-hmm. like, the, the older I get, the more sensitive I get. But I literally was, like, crying. Like, that night, I, like, I always have a picture on my phone. I wish I could find it. And I looked so sad. Um, and it was because, like, again, like, my partner, I feel like, made me feel like he was not attracted to how I looked, even though I felt good about it. Um, and then I was trying not to be like too hard on myself. I mean, I think about it now and I'm like, you look and they make you cry over your hair. Like, fuck that motherfucker. But at the same time, like, who doesn't want to feel attracted to their partner? Like, just a realistic level. Like, oh, do do you only get with people for attraction? No. But you want to feel attracted to your partner the same way they want to feel like they're attracted to you. Right? Um, so I say influence for that reason. But a lot of it, I think, comes from um, also, like I said, myself um, wanting a different look than what I have, um, or wanting my look to be a certain way. So, for example, I like my hair short if my face was smaller. I like my hair short if my face wasn't as oblong. You know what I mean? I would like my hair short if my if it was like this particular length only. Like all these stipulations. That ultimately I create. Um, there's no one who said your hair is shaped like a dickhead. Nobody. I thought of it myself <laughs> and ran with it. So I'd say me. But what about you? So I would say the most criticism surrounding my hair historically has definitely been from family. Mm. Yeah, I, I think a large part of my perception of my relationship and my experience to my hair is from family. So mm. yeah, I would I would definitely say that, especially because on my dad's side, there historically is um, uh, the color lines become a, a little blurred. All right, very much giving, we, we can't do the math on who's what percentage because everyone seems to be a little bit of something. Um, so we gotta do the 23 and me because the math is getting hard to do. So <laughs> because of that, there's a wide, I wouldn't, no, that, that's not true. Because of that, there is a solid amount of us who lean more light skin. And there's also a good bit of us, at least um, on one part of my dad's side, that has very loose hair because of that mm-hmm. lineage that add like that uh that mixed lineage um so with that being said um i think even if it's not explicitly stated that oh your cousin's hair is better than yours because your cousin's hair looks like this while yours looks like that it's still more so like the comments about my hair yeah uh and things like that um so so yeah i would definitely say it's more so from from family 
more than anything else. But, you know, obviously, if I'm not around them, then it really comes from um, comes from me. But I know that criticism that stems from me is not my own voice. It's, you know, society's voice, the media's voice. But more than anything out of those three or however many other influences there are, the primary factor or influence is from my family. So, yeah, that's what I would say for that. Okay. All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and close out as we always do. For those who are new here and are still hanging around, we, in the episode with conversation cards that are called Reflex, they are by Flex Mommy on the internet. She is an Australian baddie. So... Yeah, if you want to check it out, then I I highly recommend getting them. Again, they're called Reflex. So, yeah, there we go. So usually what we do is I'll shuffle the cards. I will show a card to Chanel to read to me and answer. And then I will read a card to Chanel for her to answer. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. I... Yeah. Hmm... I feel like last time I started, um, I can start again because historically you've been the one to start. Right. So yeah. you just tell me when to stop shuffling. For those on audio, um, I'm just showing Chanel me shuffling or attempting to shuffle these cards. <laughs> oh my God. You can stop. Okay. Do you want me to just pull one out of random or the top? The, or the top? top. The top? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's too low. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, hold on. Okay, there we go. There we are. What kind of people do you hate to be around? Mm, okay, I hate being around people that, I'm trying to say something more specific than bad energy, but people who seem very judgmental, very cruel, and overly critical or just just mean I, I really hate being around mean girls mean guys people with um people who just act like we're in a 1980s or early 2000s high school movie where it's not even a conversation you're having it's, it's just like combat after combat after combat it, it gives yeah. it just gives insecure to me so yeah. I I just hate being around people who just make things deeper than they need to be, especially when it was none of their business to begin with. So like if we're in the park having a conversation and laughing, 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 and then you're like, oh, why is that girl wearing that outfit? She knows she's too big. And it's like, where did that, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. How, what? Okay. So it, it, it's stuff like that. Cause now I'm like, now I think you're judging me and and yeah, so those the, I can't stand say, say those kind of people. Um, so yeah, I will pick one from the top. So this oh, one the says, wind is windy. <laughs> Can I just say? So this one says, "What's your least favorite feeling?" I always say this. I hate being uncomfortable. Okay. I hate being uncomfortable. Like. I I mean I'm, it's pretty straightforward, but like 
any kind of discomfort raises my anxiety through the roof. Like, it could be um, a conversation. It could be being in a room with, um, and someone, like, makes a comment. It could be um, even with my own, like, personal, like, feelings or, like, emotions or, like, thoughts. Um, like, I think I said this earlier. I hope it gets caught in the, um, you know, in the mix. But, like, I was journaling doing, like, a homework assignment my therapist gave me. And, like, I was crying. Um, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Let me go put my laundry on, right? So sitting in discomfort for me is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool. Or not cool, but thank you for... (laughs) Not cool. All right, y'all. So that is today's episode. We started the first quarter, first half or whatever on a lighter note, just talking about the wildness that was September as it pertains to (laughs) famous people's relationships and food as it seems to be the trend for us. And we've gone over a bit of black hair and our experience. And there should definitely, maybe probably be future episodes related to black hair specifically. So if you made it this far and there was something related to this topic that you wanted us to touch on that we didn't or something that you want us to elaborate more on you can let us know um either on the youtube video related to this podcast or on instagram somewhere and i think there's a way to leave comments for the audio podcast i'm not really sure where or how on anchor okay um so yeah just just reach us wherever you can find brown babe field notes (laughs) And for any feedback or questions, as we said in the beginning, we're playing around with the schedule. So we are going to try to start posting on Fridays. The thing is, today is Friday and we've Mm -hmm. had a lot of technical difficulties. So we are not going to upload this until Saturday, tomorrow. But moving forward, we are going to test friday uploads at least for the month of october so yeah yeah, that's where you can find us those are the updates and if there's nothing else from you chanel i guess we can just sign off i know usually sign us off so i don't know if i missed anything (laughs) (laughs) i can sign us off again like chris said we're brown babe field notes on most platforms on youtube on anchor um apple Podcasts, i believe stitcher um spotify you can find us on like i said most platforms feel free to show us love thank you for hanging with us um hopefully you come back and see us show us some love i am your half of the the duo i'm chanel and i am the other half i am chris and we will see y'all in the next episode see y'all next week bye bye